Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this week we're going to be talking about a subject that many of you are going to find very interesting. We are going to talk about how to price your video work. If you are a content creator, video producer, media company owner, or freelancer, this podcast is for you. This is the Filming with Josh podcast. Brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the Videographer's Home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to get a couple of announcements out of the way. First off, if you have not yet joined the Filming with Josh Facebook group, I want you to hop onto Facebook, type in Filming with Josh, and ask to join the group today. The Filming with Josh Facebook group is a great place to come and learn about photography, videography, and the business that goes with it. If you have not yet signed up for my 2019 Outdoor Film School, I want to encourage you to do so. It's going to be held in Wimberley, Texas, which is just outside of Austin, and is going to be on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. And in three days, I'm going to teach you how to create a video from concept to final production. We're going to be staying at a working hunting ranch in Central Texas, and the, the first day we're going to be in the classroom talking a lot about camera work and different aspects of video production, and the second day we're going to begin storyboarding a commercial for the hunting ranch that we're staying at. Then that afternoon we're going to begin shooting that commercial, we're going to finish shooting on the morning of the third day, and then the afternoon of the third day we're going to edit it together and put together a final product that we're going to deliver over to the ranch owner. This is a really unique film school, and if you are in to outdoor videography in any way, shape, or form, I highly recommend that you come to this school. You're going to learn a lot. The cost is $1,200 with a $600 deposit, and we're selling 20 tickets. So I'd love to have you come and be a part of the 2019 Outdoor Film School. Without a doubt, the most common question I get is how do I price my video work? Oh man, I get that question so much. And I get it. It took me a long time to figure out how to price my work. I can't tell you how many jobs I lost because I either overbid the job or I underbid it. And it took me a long time to kind of learn that process. And now that I've kind of got a good system down, I feel like it's I feel like it's okay for me to kind of share that information because I know what it's like to have to try to figure that out on your own and <laughs> it could be tough. Especially when there's a lot of people out there that aren't willing to share kind of how they do it. So I'm going to kind of walk you today through my process of pricing video work. And and to, to look more at this, there is a, a blog I wrote in June of 2018. You can find it on my website, rusticriver.media, and click on the blog tab, and it's uh, called How to Price Your Video Work. And it's basically the same thing we're going to go over today, but not as in-depth. But it's a good read, and if you want to read that blog um, so you can remember some of the things I talked about here, or if you want to share it with someone, it's a really great article. So just go to rusticriver.media and look for the blog tab, and then search for the How to Price Your Video Work um, blog that was written on June 6th of 2018. Um, but today I kind of want to go in a little bit more detail, and I'm going to recap a lot of what I said in that blog, but just break it down even further. I'm also going to do this kind of by 
the different industries. I work in a lot of different industries. So we're going to kind of go through the different types of projects I do. And a lot of you that listen to this podcast may find um, some projects apply to you, some don't. And for a lot of you, um, you might do all these types of projects like I do. So I feel like I feel like that's a kind of a good way to go about it. So I want to start out with how I price my outdoor content and how you should price your outdoor content. Um, first, let me say this. There are two ways I price my projects. The first is by the day and the second is by the project. And I'll kind of go into the differences between those. How I price a project by the day is I, I have a day rate that is applicable to the industry that I'm in or that I'm going to be filming in. And I try to have my day rate be competitive to those around me. And so I, ha I have different day rates. Like I have a day rate for my outdoor work and I have a day rate when I'm filming at a large corporation and I have a day rate for doing um, commercial work locally. I have, I have different day rates for different industries and different types of jobs. I'll also price my work um, by the project. And, and by the project is you kind of calculate how much time you're going to invest in the project from filming and editing and all that stuff and expenses and everything else. And then you quote a total project cost to your customer. So I do a lot of both and it really just depends on what the project is. And when it comes to my outdoor video work, I typically go by a day rate. And that's the most common way to price yourself in the outdoor world. And by outdoor world, I'm meaning the hunting and fishing world. For those of you listening to this podcast that aren't in that industry, but from the, from the hunting and fishing side of things, the outdoor world, um, it's really common to price yourself uh, by a day rate. Most experienced field producers are typically going to ask for 350 to $500 a day for their day rate. Um, some people are going to ask for more than that, and some people are going to ask for less depending on their skill set, how long they've been doing it, what equipment they have, etc. But the most common day rate for experienced outdoor uh, field producers is going to be that $350 to $500 range. Now, what is an, what is an outdoor field producer? That's, that's probably a good thing that I should cover here. An outdoor field producer is not a cameraman. If you are just a cameraman, I'm not talking to you. The people I'm talking to today are going to be people that want to produce content, people that aren't going to just hold a camera and hit record and point the camera, you know, whatever direction the host tells them to point it. I'm talking about field producing, and this is what a field producer rate would be. And field producers are, are basically, they're people who, they don't just film, they actually produce the content that they're creating or that they're there to create, whether it's a show or a short film or a commercial. If you are a field producer, you are in the field directing and kind of getting people to go where they need to go and do what they need to do. You're telling people kind of what, what you want them to do and what to say and you're setting things up and arranging different shots and things like that. And you are essentially producing the product in the field so that when it goes to post-production, whoever's going to be editing it, it has a really good idea of what's going on and things are done in a very um, structured manner because the videographer also was 
in his head as he was shooting, he was also kind of putting together the elements that the editor was going to need to piece together the project. A cameraman just walks around and points his camera and does what he's told to do. And when the editor gets a cameraman's footage, typically the camera, the cameraman is not, he wasn't very structured and the editor is like, what the heck is all this stuff? You know, and, and they have to try to make magic out of nothing. And so I'm talking to people today that are going to be doing a lot of, of field producing when it comes to outdoor work, because that's typically what you're going to find in the outdoor world. And there are, you can be a cameraman for certain shows and you can be, um, you know, like a, like a DP or just a camera op. But I'm talking about people in the outdoor industry who specifically film, direct, all that stuff in the field. And that's called a field producer. And the typical field producer price is going to be $350 to $500 a day. And again, there are people that are going to ask more than that. There's going to be people that ask less than that. But that's the most common rate. So if someone was to call you and you, let's just say you've been doing this for three or four years, you've got a good amount of experience, you've got some pretty nice equipment, and someone picks up the phone and calls you and says, hey, I'm going to be going to Saskatchewan, Canada in a month, and we're going to be doing a deer hunt over there, and I want to film a show out of it, or I want to do a short film out of it, and we're going to be there for a week. You know, what, what would your cost be? Well, what you would typically do is you would say, okay, if we're going to be there for seven days, if my day rate's $500 a day, that's $3,500. And let's just say um, we're, we're tra- you know, there's a two days of traveling, a, a day of traveling there, a day of traveling back. Um, you could either charge full day rates for traveling or half day rates. I personally charge full day rates, um, but a lot of people charge half day. That's actually more common. So let's just say you charge half day rate for travel days. So you've got seven days of filming and two days of traveling. And so essentially you're going to be billing them for eight days at $500 a day. So $4,000 is actually what it's going to come out to. And then your expenses as well. You know, they've got to pay for your airfare and your baggage and hotel and rental car and all those things if it's if if needed for the project. Um, if it's a local project, you know, you, you could charge them um, state per diem gas um, to, to kind of bill that in. But when it comes to just the, the cost, your cost, you typically, if, if your day rate was $500 a day and you're going to bill them for seven days and two days of travel, you'd be billing them for $4,000 to go up there and field produce that um, product for them, whether that's a TV show or a short film or whatever that is. That's how a common um, day rate works. Now, where should you price yourself? That's probably a question you want to know. And it kind of just depends. Like if you, let's just say you have only like a year of experience, you're really new. Um, you've got a Canon XA10 camera, a little, you know, handy cam type camera, and you've got a, a shotgun microphone and a tripod. Maybe you got a wireless mic, um, but that's all you really have. And you've only been doing it for about a year, you, you can expect to get not as much. I mean, you're going to be only be able to charge like $150 to $200 a day because you're, you're fairly new. You're fairly inexperienced. You don't have a lot of equipment yet. You don't have a lot of time behind the camera yet. Um, if you've been doing it for two or three years and you've got, uh, you've got like a A7S II or something like that and a couple lenses and um, maybe you've got some lights and some things like that and you're a little bit more experienced, 
you can expect to get somewhere around $250 a day. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, you got to start somewhere. When you start getting into like the three to five years of experience, that's when you're going to see your day rate start to get to that $350 plus dollar range. Um, when you have a camera like an FS5 or something like that, and maybe you've got an A7S II as your B cam, and you've been doing it, like I said, for like three to five years, and you've got a gimbal and a drone and things like that, you can expect your day rate to be more of that $350 to $400 range. And then if you've been doing it for um, like five plus years, and you've got a lot of experience, you've got like an FS7, and you've got some really high-end microphones, and a lot, just a lot of time behind the camera, you really know how to edit, you really know how to direct in the field, that's when you can start to see that $500 um, and up even day rate. And that's kind of how that process works. And so just take that for, for what it's worth and kind of see where are you? are you? Are you a year into this? Are you brand new? Or have you been doing this for a long time? And honestly, if you've been doing it for five plus years, chances are you aren't listening to this podcast anyway. Um, or if you are, it's just because you want to see see if you're uh, how competitive I am to you. But <laughs> chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're under that five-year experience range, and that's kind of what you can expect the prices to be like. Now, what if someone wants you to edit the project as well? Well, if it's an outdoor project, a lot of times I like to price it by how many days I feel like I'm going to have to put in that edit, and let's just say I feel like it's going to take me five business days. Um, If your day rate was, let's say your day rate was $350 a day, and or no, let's just say it was $500 a day, like like we were talking about a minute ago, then you'd be looking at another $2,500 for the edit. And so if someone wants you to come and spend a week in Canada and they're, they cover all your expenses and you bill them $4,000 to come field produce, um, and then they want you to edit it and you charge them for another week's worth of work, um, five days worth of work, you'd be looking at an extra $2,500. And so for your time for that project, you could be looking at around $6,500. Now, some of you might think that's kind of pricey, and maybe it is. Maybe for whatever you know, whatever part of the outdoor industry you're in, maybe that is a little pricey. But that's a real common way to come up with your price. And if you've been doing it for a while, if you have enough experience to charge $500 a day, then that's the kind of pricing you can expect Um, to charge and what you can expect clients to pay you for. A good example of this is if you've been following the Filming with Josh Facebook page, then you've seen that um, yesterday I posted a video um, called Woody River Trophy Hunts. And this was an outfitter marketing video that I did that's two and a half minutes long. And I did it for Woody Woody River Trophy Hunts. They're in Saskatchewan. They've been a client of mine for many years now. And Woody River Trophy Hunts video that I did is, is it's an outfitter marketing video that's going to be used on their website, Facebook page, YouTube, and booths at trade shows they set up at, things like that. And I do, I do a lot of outfitter marketing videos, so I'm going to kind of walk you through how I would price something like that. If I'm going to do an outfitter marketing video like I did for that project, I'm going to estimate how much time, first off, I feel like is going to be involved in a project like that. I know that for my outfitter outfitter marketing videos, it's going to take me 10 days of filming. I know that off the bat. Um, A lot of you might think that's a long time, and it is a long time. But for me, for the type of outfitter marketing videos I do, 
I need those 10 days because I need to capture as much wildlife content as I possibly can and as much hunting content as I possibly can to be able to put together the type of outfitter marketing videos I do. You can go there and be there for three or four days and shoot an outfitter marketing video, um, but for the type of outfitter marketing videos I do, I really want to get as much creative content as I can. So I typically spend five or six days doing nothing but sitting in blinds, filming hunts, or filming wildlife. I'm trying to get as much content of the game animals that they have, um, whether it's, you know, bear, black bear, and whitetail, or if it's exotics on a high fence ranch in Texas, you know, I'm trying to get as much game content as I can. I'm also trying to get content of, of animals that are native to the area, like red foxes and uh, different types of woodpeckers and Canada geese, if I'm in Canada, things like that, because I know that that's the type of shots I need to really help me make my videos look next level. I also need to get a few kill shots on camera and all of that. And so you're talking about a lot of days of sitting in a blind, a lot of mornings and a lot of evenings. So I'm I'm usually burning up five or six days just sitting in blinds. Then I need the rest of the time to get sunrise time lapses, sunset time lapses, maybe a nightscape or two if the weather permits. I want to get shots inside the lodge, shots outside the lodge. I want to get Aerial shots of the property, shots of people driving on ATVs, gimbal shots of people walking to their blind with a gun or bow in their hand, shots of people sighting in their gun or bow, you know, all of those types of things. And to get all that content, it just takes an incredible amount of time. So typically when I do an outfitter marketing video, I'm going to be there for 10 days. That's what I always tell my clients. And I typically am going to have a day of kind of prepping and pre-production where I'm going to be getting my gear together, making sure that I have all film permits I need if necessary in order. I'm going to make sure that I'm packed up, everything's charged and ready to go. So I got a whole day doing that. I got a day traveling to the outfit. I've got, whether I'm driving or flying, I've got 10 days that I'm there. I got a day driving back. And then I got a day of dumping footage from field drives to permanent desktop drives and kind of creating my time lapses and recharging batteries and putting all my gear up. So you're looking at between the two days of traveling, the day of prep, the day I get back of getting everything kind of unloaded and the 10 days of filming, that's 14 days and I'm not even in post-production yet. And when I get to post-production, I'm typically going to spend about a week on it. The first day is going to be um, writing the voiceover script. Typically, mine are, are, are voiceover-led. So I'm writing a voiceover script. I'm hiring a voiceover artist. I'm picking out all the music. And so there's a whole day burned in that. And then there's about five days of cutting it together. And then the, six, the, the last day, the seventh day of editing is spent um, sending the project to the client having him send any revisions back if he you know, doesn't like the way a deer looks because he thinks that one of his antlers is kind of small or something like that. I make those revisions and then I upload the product for my client. And that's what I do on the seventh day of editing. So you've got 14 days before you even get to post-production and then you have another solid seven days in post-production. So you're looking at 21 days to do the type of outfitter marketing videos that I do. Now, again, can you do it in less time than that? Absolutely. You could go and spend three or four days filming and two, three days editing and, and call it a day. But the type of outfitter marketing videos I do, that's how, that's how long it takes me. Well, let's just say, I, I, let's just say my day rate was $500 a day, for example. If I was to bid that project out at $500 a day plus expenses, 
that would get pretty pricey. You'd be looking at $10,500 plus expenses, which is quite a bit of money. And the expenses side of that, you're, you're going to have voiceover, which I typically price my voiceovers around $400. I can find them for less than that, sometimes a little bit more, but I estimate about $400 for voiceover. I estimate about $200 for a music track uh, or two. I estimate about $60 in uh, graphics. Um, I estimate about $30 in sound effects for any Foley sound I want to buy because maybe I wasn't able to capture that sound in the field. And then I estimate um, however much space I think it's going to be. Typically for an outfitter, 10-day shoot for an outfitter, I'm looking at about 3 terabytes of content. So I'd be looking at around $105, um, that I would charge for storage space. So altogether, it's roughly about $800 in expenses. So if you were to charge $10,500 for this project plus... Um, $800 in expenses, you're looking at $11,300. And that's before you get to the travel expenses because that's that's totally dependent upon where you're filming at. And that's really expensive. And if you quote that to an outfitter, more often than not, you're going to get rejected. That's a really high price. So what I do to kind of make it more affordable is... I would knock that price down to $7,500 because I know that outfitters are that outfitters that really care about having a quality marketing tool for their outfit, something that's really unique, custom to them that their competitors don't have. I know that they'll they would pay $7,500 plus expenses. Would they pay $11,300? Probably not. But I can price around $7,500 and it's totally worth it because they're getting a very unique, very high quality, high-end outfitter marketing video that not very many people have. Um, and so they're willing to pay that for it. I could not go all the way down to $5,000 though, because if you did the math on that, let's say you did $5,000 before expenses and you spent 20, 21 days on the whole thing, you'd be making $238 a day. And that's not a lot of money. Now, if you've been doing this um, for not a long period of time and your day rate is around 250 a day, then that's an acceptable price. But for someone who's been doing it for a long time like I have, there's no way I could charge $5,000 for that type of project. So a good price for something like that would be around $7,500 plus 800 in expenses. And then we'll, the, the other expense would just be your travel expense, you know, whatever that would be. So that's a really good example of how I would price a project like that for an outfitter marketing video. If it was a TV show and I was just going to be there for a week, like I said, I would price it whatever my day rate is. I would price it um, by the day and, you know, you would charge either f uh, full day for travel days or half day, depending. But that's really kind of how you arrive to those different types of prices when you're pricing by the day. But your day rate prices also depend on the industry you're in. That's for the outdoor industry. When you're looking at other industries, you can charge different amounts. Let's say you're doing a shoot, a one-day freelance shoot for a very large corporation. Um, I'm talking multi-million, multi-billion dollar corporation, and they've hired you to come in and get some stock footage for them. 
you could price yourself pretty high for the day because they, they're hiring you because obviously they see something in you, they like your work, they want to bring you in and have you get content for them. And you know that in that industry, you can charge more than 500 a day. So you could get away with 2,000 to 3,000 plus a day just to come in and get stock footage or, or content for them to use for commercials or for things like that. So you could, you could charge five, six times your day rate for a, a job like that because of the industry it's in. Let's say you're doing question and answer videos and some testimonials and things like that for a local dentist or uh, plastic surgeon or you know something like that. You could charge somewhere in the middle, somewhere around a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars just to come and spend an afternoon shooting interviews of um, question and answer sessions where like the doctor is answering a bunch of frequently asked questions that they want to put on their website or they're getting test they're bringing people in to do testimonials and things like that. Well, you could charge fifteen hundred dollars for something like that um, because you're coming that's you're coming into an industry that expects that so you kind of have to look when you're pricing your day rate and you're doing a job by by the day rate kind of what the industry is and so that's a really good a really good way to look at it and so know that when you are in the outdoor world if you are new to video and you're trying to figure out how to price your your day rate for filming and editing you know if you're new to it like I said earlier, you're going to be in that $150, $200 range if you're new and have a, a you know a limited selection of equipment. If you've been doing it for a couple years, um, you've got a mirrorless or DSLR camera and a little bit more equipment, you can get in that $250 range. And then if you've been doing it for three to five years, you got an FS5 or so, you know, look at that $350 to $400 range. And then for those of you that have been doing this for five plus years and have a lot of high-end equipment and really know what you're doing, you can get that $500 plus day rate and you can charge that for, for filming and editing. So that's a really good way to kind of understand how a project like that would work. Now, if I'm pricing by the day to do, let's say, testimonials and Q&A sessions with a doctor or something like that, if I charge them, let's just say I charge them $1,000 or $1,500 to come in for an afternoon and to film a, a Q&A session and to film some testimonials. Well, how would you price the editing of that? Well, what I would do is I would charge the client for the day. I'd have them pay me a deposit. I would take that deposit. I would go do the shoot. After the shoot was over, I'd bill them for the other half of the shoot. Then I would bill them separately for however many finished minutes those Q&A sessions are. Instead of doing it by the day, I would charge those by the finished minute because you have no idea how many how many minutes of, of content you're going to end up having to create. For example, um, last year, I ended up doing like three different question and answer sessions for a breast reconstructive surgeon in Austin, and I billed her. Um, every time we went and shot, we did afternoon shoots, and I, I charged her for those three different afternoon shoots. And then I went and I charged her by the minute for the Q&A videos that I put together. And I put together like, it was like 55 videos, I think seven, six or seven testimonials, and the rest were all... Um, question and answer videos for the breast reconstructive surgeon. And I had to price those by the minute because that was the best way to come up with an overall cost of putting those Q&A videos together. And so let's just say, let's just say you charged, I don't know, $75 a finished minute. And let's say you did, um, let's just say you did 10 question and answer videos and all of them are three minutes long. 
if you did that, you'd be looking at you know 30 minutes worth of question and answer, uh, finished minute videos that you'd be putting together, 10 videos that are three minutes each. If you took that and you'd multiplied that by $100 a minute, you could charge 300 or excuse me, $3,000 for that that edit, that, the edit of those 10 different videos. That's a really good way to do it. Um, how much you charge per minute, again, goes back to what your experience is and kind of what your what your video is going to end up like. If it's a single camera shoot and you're just putting a camera on a tripod, you know, you probably can't ask for as much. You might be able to get $50 a minute. If you're doing um, three different cameras like I do and you're working with a remote controlled slider for one camera and you've got a tight lens with another camera and you've got a, a medium lens with another camera and you've got all these different microphones that you're using and it's a really intricate looking um, production, then you can expect to get more of that 100 to $150 a finished minute um, for those types of videos. So that's that ought to give you an idea on kind of how something like that would look. What if someone called you and wanted you to come do a commercial? Would you do it by the day or would you do it by the project? Well, I think it depends. A lot of my um, my work, when I do it by for commercials, I do that by the project instead of by the day. And to do it by the project, I kind of get an idea of what the industry is and kind of how much time I think I'm going to invest in the project and what value I think that this project is going to bring to the person who's purchasing it. So let's say I've got a local insurance agency and they want to hire me to do a 30-second cable television ad for them. And I know I have to write the script for that. I have to basically learn their business, learn about what their product is and their services are, what it is that they're wanting to offer. And then I have to write that down into a script that makes sense. I have to write either the voiceover or if we're going to do it interview-wise, I have to write down what I want them to say because they only have 30 seconds to say it. And it has to equal exactly 30 seconds on the dot, not a frame over. So you have to time that voiceover or that interview Um, out. And so I'm having to spend a day or two writing that script and not to mention how much time I have to invest learning what their business is so I even know what to write about. And then when I write that script, I have to send it to them and they've got to critique it, send it back to me. So it's a back and forth process. So I'm spending several days doing that. Then once I kind of have the the dialogue, I I then have to plan out the the shoot. I have to figure out um, what, you know, do we need to to, to borrow some friends for, you know, to have them come play a role in the shot or do we need to, uh, in the production or do we need to hire actors or can we use people from the insurance agency? You got to kind of figure out who, who's going to be in it. You have to figure out where you want to shoot it at and you want to shoot it at one place or multiple places. You also have to figure out kind of what your, what your sets are going to look like and what kind of lighting you want to work in and what kind of content you want to to get to go with those with that dialogue that you wrote. So it's a lot of time. You know, maybe a 30-second video, but there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into it. Even if you're only filming for say, you know, a day, and let's just say it only takes you a day to edit it together, you don't want to price that by the day because if you do, you're you're not getting paid for all the other time that you're investing in that project. Let's just say you wanted to price them $500 a day and you you know, you film for a day and you edit for a day and you bill them for $1,000, well, that's not near enough money. I mean, you're investing a lot of other time in the planning and preparation of it and setting everything up. Plus the fact 
you've got to understand the value that you're bringing. I mean, this is a this is a business that's hiring you to make a cable television commercial for them. You can't expect to do something like that, or they shouldn't expect you to do something like that for very little amount of money, and they wouldn't. You know, maybe some of them would, but by and large, most companies are going to understand the value that you're bringing, and they're going to understand the amount of of, of, of experience and skills it takes to put something like that together. And so they're going to expect to pay more than $1,000 for that. So you could easily bill, you know, $2,500 to $3,000 or so for a project like that, plus expenses. Expenses being if you have to rent equipment or hire actors or hire a voiceover artist, or um, maybe you have to rent a place to shoot it at if you don't want to shoot it at their office for whatever reason. So you have to kind of come up with whatever those expenses are going to be like you did with Outfitter video and then how much value that you think you're bringing to that project plus how much time you're going to invest in it and wrap that into one nice big price. So for something like that, I might, for example, I might give it a price of let's just say 3500 bucks, and that includes um, expenses if we're going to be using the, their voice and we're going to be um, – incorporating maybe a testimonial with it. We're going to shoot it, you know, at their place for free, you know, then the only expenses they're going to have to pay for are going to be music rights, graphics, things like that. So typically on a project like that, you could charge around $3,500 and that be your full price. They give you half of that up front and the other half when the project's complete. So that ought to give you an idea of kind of how something like that can be priced. Now, you can charge less than that for a 30-second video if you're not having to put much time in it. I mean, if you're if you're just asked to come and get some B-roll and throw it to some music and they're going to put it on TV and they don't care what it looks like, then sure, you can charge 1000 or 1500 bucks. But if you're going to be scripting things out and you're going to be planning and putting together a product that was well thought out and well executed and you have to invest time in it, then you have to charge for that. So $2,500 to $3,500 is really common. You know, what if... Um, what if they ask you to do something a lot bigger than that? You know, they want they want it to be a nationally televised, you know, commercial on ABC. Well, if you're going to get into that type of project, obviously the price is going to be even higher, a lot higher. And you're probably going to have to hire a lot of people to help you pull something like that off. But for most local businesses that are going to hire you to do like a 30-second cable ad or maybe a 30-second movie theater ad, that $2,500 to $3,500 range is a good range to be in. What about doing editing a TV show, an outdoor TV show. I get asked about that quite a bit. Well, I think it really depends, again, on your experience and your skill level. I think it's quite common to see people charge from $1,500 to $5,000 even per episode to edit an outdoor TV show. That's a huge range. You know, how is it that you could figure out where to, to be on that range? Well, again, it just comes down to what your experience is, how good you are at telling a story through editing, how good you are with Premiere or Final Cut or DaVinci Resolve, you know, whatever program it is you're working in. If you're, again, if you're fairly new at it and you're learning, you're going to be at that $1,500 range. And if you have been doing it for you know, five, 10 years and you really know what you're doing and you're going to spend a couple weeks on per episode, you're going to be in that $5,000 range. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be kind of in the middle. And so where you are on that spectrum, again, just kind of goes back to 
what your experience is. But if you are fairly new, you can expect to get around 1500 bucks if you've been doing it for five, 10 years and you really are good, you're one of the top guys, you're gonna be in that $5,000 range per episode. And then if you're someone who's kind of in the middle, you, you know, you're gonna adjust accordingly. If you've been doing it for two or three years, you might be 2000 or $2,500 an episode. If you've been doing it for five or seven years, you know, you might be more towards that, um, you know, $3,500 plus dollar range. So it just kind of depends on where you are, but that's kind of the, the area, the range of what to expect for something like that. So hopefully this kind of gets you an idea on how something like that works. If I was doing a short film for someone, I would treat it a lot like an outfitter marketing video. I would get an idea on how many days I'm going to have to invest in the project um, as far you know as far as planning and preparation goes, traveling, shooting, editing, all that, I'd figure out my day rate and I'd come up with a price. And if I felt like it was a little high, like I know that $10,500 plus expenses is a little high for an outfitter, then I would adjust accordingly. Um, or if I know that it's not high and let's just say you price 21 days for a short film and you did come out to $10,500 plus expenses and you're doing it for a company and it's, a, you know, you know that they're going to pay for it, then it's fine to leave yourself at that $10,500 range. You just kind of have to know what your, you know, who your client is. I know that an outfitter is not going to pay um, $10,500 more, more like, more, you know, more than likely they're not going to pay that for an outfitter marketing video, but you might can get that for a short film um, for, you know, for a company or something like that. So it just really depends on, on kind of who you're doing the product for. So I don't like it whenever I hear people say, well, I, I have one rate, you know, I'm, I'm this much a day, you know, that's how much I charge. I feel like, I feel like they're under undercutting themselves. It's too hard to have one set price because it has to depend on the industry. Um, and even within the industry, like the outdoor industry, it depends on who is purchasing that product. Is it an outfitter? Is it Sitka? Is it, you know, Winchester? Or is it, you know, something like that, you know, a TV show, you, it all, it all depends on who the person is that's purchasing, um, the product or purchasing your services. And then from there, you know, outside the outdoor industry, it, it, the same rules apply. You know, are you shooting a, a one day shoot for a large corporation or are you doing a, a, a local TV commercial for f a local farmer's agent? It all just depends on where you are, you know, what industry it is and, and on how you price your work. So it's really important that you keep that in mind and you don't come up with one price and that's my price for everything because you might be charging too much for one industry and not near enough for another. So it's really important that you understand that and that you're flexible and that you 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 put that in perspective whenever you are quoting a job to someone. It's also very important that you get that you price all your expenses. You should not have to pay for your expenses. Expenses are part of what it costs for you to put that project together, and you have to charge for that. So you need to be charging for music. You need to charge for sound effects, um, graphic effects. If you want to buy some effects, you know, from uh, like Pond Five to use in After Effects, you you got to charge for that. You got to charge for storage space. Um, so you're not responsible for buying hard drives to store your clients' footage. You've got to charge for that. You got to charge for airfare and baggage fees and how much it costs for you to park your car at the airport parking lot, you know, all of those things, you've got to charge your client and build that in. And you might estimate how much it's going to cost, 
in your deposit, but then whenever you finish the project, you adjust to what it actually ended up being for your final bill, and that's kind of how you do that. I recommend that you take a deposit too. Like when you price a job, whether it's by the day or by the project, always get a deposit because you just don't know. You don't want to plan on go doing a film in Saskatchewan or, or you know, shooting something in Saskatchewan like we talked about earlier and you plan on being there um, for seven days and being gone a total of nine days and you think you got $4,000 coming in um, for the first, you know, week or so of November only to find out a week ahead of time that they're not going to do the project anymore and now you're out a week's worth of work. You don't want that to be you. So you need to get deposits to secure the dates and they need to be non-refundable because you shouldn't have to pay for a project getting canceled and you all of a sudden not being able to fill that week or two weeks or whatever um, up with new projects. Because if you are out of that money, if, if you don't charge a deposit, someone cancels on you and you can't, you know, make up that week or two of work, you might not be able to put food on the table. So it's really important that you get non-refundable deposits. And the only way you refund it is if, you know, something happens on your end or maybe on their side, it was an, a really tragic accident happened. I mean, of course, you, you got to be human too. Um, but charging non-refundable deposits and expecting that whenever you price out a job. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just good business sense. Um, and then from there, you also need to kind of understand how, how, you know, who owns what and how you contract things out. Um, basically, whenever I get hired for a job, I will not do a job without a contract. I used to when I first got started bad idea. Don't recommend it. Every single job needs to have a contract, even if it's your best friend. Contracts keep friends. Not having contracts can create enemies because you need to know who owns what, um, who has the rights to do what with what, um, who's going to get paid for how much and when. And, you know, for example, like you don't want to get, you don't want to be editing a TV show and get paid to edit a TV show and then someone tell you, oh, by the way, I also want a teaser for that show. And then you be like, well, I, you know, that wasn't in our contract. And they say, well, we didn't have a contract. And now all of a sudden you're trying to figure out, do they deserve to have a teaser? Cause it was, you know, implied that you were going to make it for them. Or do you have the right to build them for that? You know, you don't want to get in that area. That's muddy water that you don't want to be in. So it's best to have everything written out and explained in a contract so that when they say, Hey, I'd like a teaser, you say, great, that'll be an extra 500 bucks. And they will understand that because you know, you guys signed a piece of paper that said that what they were purchasing from you for $1,500 to $2,000 was just the TV show, you know, or whatever. So you just, you have to, you have to do that. You have to have a contract because you just don't know what's going to happen, even if it's someone you know really well. Contracts make friends, they keep friends. Not having them is a recipe for disaster. So always have a contract. And when it comes to who owns what, I really think it just depends on what you're doing. Um, when I shoot a video for a very large corporation like eBay last year, I owned all the raw footage, believe it or not. Um, I that's how that's how I that's how I typically do a project. I typically will own the raw content and what the person or company is purchasing from me is the final product. So if a local farmer's agent calls me and wants to do a 30 second TV ad, 
typically how I would do it is, is they are purchasing from me the TV ad and that is their product. And then I have the rights to use their product on my website, social media sites, stuff like that to market myself. Um, if for some reason they ask me not to put it on my website or whatever for like a month or something, cause they want it to just be on TV for a little while, then I'll, I'll of course honor that. We'll put that in the contract, but that's what they're purchasing. They own that video. Then I get the rights to use that video, but the raw content more often than not is owned by me. And so I keep that in my possession. And the reason is, is you don't want someone to hire you to come shoot a project for them and then you give them the product. And then afterwards, they call you up a month later and say, hey, I really like the video, but can you send over the raw footage? I found out my nephew um, is getting into editing and I'm gonna let him edit some extra videos for me. Well, number one, you just lost out on that work to your client's nephew, A. And B, if, your ne if his nephew does a terrible job with that video and posts it online and people see that and they know you're the one who shot it, it makes you look really bad because they may not know that the reason it looks bad is because your client's nephew edited it. So I don't let people own the raw content unless it's for uh, like a TV show or something like that where they're just hiring me as a freelancer, in which case they own it. But if I'm handling the production, I typically own the raw video. What the client owns is the final product, and then I'll, I'll get the rights to use that product in my contract. If they want to use the raw content, I may or may not give them the option to purchase it at a later date. However, I typically own that raw content and I typically, because I own it, can use that raw content for my own marketing videos or for other products that I'm working on or things like that unless we have some sort of written agreement that says otherwise. But typically, I own the raw content, the uh, client is purchasing the product. That's typically how it works. But you need to spell all that out because you might get hired by someone who just wants you to give them the raw content. And in which case, that's fine. You just have to know that up front and have to have that written down. So it all just depends on the situation, but you have to have it in writing and you have to have a deposit to secure everything. And that's just good business sense. One last thing that I want to say is that you can always go down in price, but you typically can't go up. That was one of the best pieces of advice that I received when I was really learning how to price my work. Um, and I've, I've experienced that firsthand. I mean, there's been plenty of jobs where I have priced it a little high for the client, um, and I was able to work my way down, and, and we were able to come up with a number that worked well for both of us, and everyone won. But I've also had jobs where I priced it too low, and later on I realized that I should have charged more, but it was too late, and now I was kind of upset Um I was kind of upset at that point for having to do the job that I was doing for such a small price because it ended up being a lot more than I had originally anticipated. And that was on me. So keep in mind when you are, are pricing out a project, don't be afraid to ask for a little bit more because you may get it. And if you don't, you can work yourself down to a number that still works for you. But don't start low because you can never go back up, or at least most of the time you can't. And I hope that piece of advice, if nothing else, I hope that piece of advice stays with you after this podcast. And so this, that's pretty much my process. I mean, when I go in to, to bid a job, whether I, I do it by the day or by the project, I kind of look at the industry that I'm going to be doing the project in, kind of what's expected of that industry. Um, and then 
I price accordingly and I make sure that I, I, I budget in all the time I'm going to be investing on the project, not just the days I'm filming and editing, but just all the time that's going to be invested in the project. And I, and I make sure I bill for that. I make sure I bill for all the expenses. I make sure I get a deposit and I make sure that I get a contract. And then in that contract, I also put in there kind of what the turnaround time should be um, expected for that project. So I put all that together and I send that out in a proposal and that's how I do my jobs. And that's really common. And again, you're going to find people that are going to price more than what I said today or that price less. It all just depends on the industry you're in, how much experience you have, how much equipment you have, um, how good you are with that equipment and things like that. But the things I kind of went over today are, are basically the most common ways to come up with pricing for pro these different types of projects. Um, and knowing that ought to help you better understand what to expect um, when you're trying to bid out a job. Don't, don't go into this thinking that you can charge ten dollars or $20,000 for a mom-and-pop shop video. It's not going to happen. More than likely, it's not. But also, don't think that you can't charge $7,500 for an outfit or marketing video either. You just have to know kind of where you are and what you're doing. And when you know those things, you can get a good price out there. And you may not get the job. You may be too expensive. Maybe you're not charging enough. And they think you're not good enough because your price is too low. It just depends. And you're, you know, what exactly your rate is going to be is something you're going to have to figure out. You're going to have to take the advice, you know, if you're if if you're still trying to figure it out right now, take this advice I gave you today and put it into practice and try some numbers and maybe you find out that you can't get, you know, 4 or 500 dollars a day for day rate for outdoor work, but maybe you can get 350. And once you kind of learn that, then that's what your rate is and and then maybe as you grow, you can try to ask for 4 or 500 dollars again and maybe then you'll get it. Maybe you'll ask for $500 for a day rate and you'll get it and, and you'll be shocked to have gotten it because you never would have thought you would have gotten it, but now you know to ask. And so this is just a, a tool to use to help you kind of figure out what your price should be. You know, these are no hard and fast rules and, and what exactly you're going to price yourself as just depends on the situation. But hopefully this will give you guys some idea of kind of how that whole pricing world works when it comes to pricing video work. I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And if you have any more questions about how to price your video work, as always, feel free to PM me, shoot me a private message on Facebook or um, on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, rustic underscore river underscore media. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Joshua Milligan, or on my Rustic River Media page or the Filming with Josh Facebook group. Be sure to join that group if you haven't joined that group yet. And don't forget about my outdoor film school on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. You are not going to find a more valuable film school than this one. I mean, what you are getting for the amount of money that I'm charging is incredible. I mean, it, the, the $1,200 includes food, lodging, some really good drinks, and hands-on experience on a real-life project. So I really hope that you guys will come and be a part of that. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Please rate it and hit subscribe to my channel if you haven't yet. I'd love for you to listen to the next one. Thanks, guys. Take care.
To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.